Hello everyone, we are back with the Radical Love Revolution podcast and we have Lazarus here who's an intimacy coach and I'm really excited to talk about you, talk, <laughs> talk with you uh, about like empathy, intuition and your work and what do you do and would you like to introduce yourself? Thank you, Rosanna, yes. So I, I'm, as you said, like I'm an intimacy coach but uh, these days like this uh, can take many, many forms. For people so some people go into like uh, more more of the sex side of things but I personally work more with connection so uh, my thing is that intimate connections like helping guys form uh, intimate connections and uh, well I don't only uh, limit myself in, uh, in men I also uh, the, the same thing that I work with uh, with my students uh, they apply in women as well so they're basically uh, you know the same because uh, for me, like, uh, and I think we're gonna talk about it also during the the, the show. But uh, for me, the intimacy is something that uh, universe is for for everyone is the same intimate connection. So um, I work for the for, with the goal of the intimate connection. So I work with a lot of uh, inner work as well. I do a lot of inner work with uh, shadow work is more known. Uh, I do empathy work. I do. Uh, intuition work so uh, I and of course like self-love work so it's like I help guys get into self-love more and uh, get in touch with their intuition more mm, yeah what, what I really love about your work is that you're yeah you're really real with what you do like really real and you're really humble about it as well and that's yeah that's just that's just really beautiful to me um so yeah I work I work with women who um, yeah, many women who are attracted to men who are emotionally unavailable. So, is, would you say that this is what you help men with to become emotionally un emotionally available to to the women and the people in in their lives? Yes, I would say that um, the thing with uh, being emotionally available is usually uh, feeling that you want to protect yourself. So, uh, protection mm. comes in many different forms, mm. and I do work uh, from that. Uh, from that angle a lot like from the angle of like letting go of protection letting go of the defenses uh, and getting uh to a place that you can allow yourself consciously and uh, by choice to be vulnerable mm -hmm. uh, and also i teach people to not perceive vulnerability as weakness mm -hmm. because it's a very very misunderstood subject also like you can say sensitivity vulnerability is especially for men has been uh, perceived as weakness uh, due to uh, the masculine conditioning, let's say. So yes, you can you can call it this way. Mm -hmm. But also sometimes, so uh, from what I understand, you work with guys who are more who have more of this like persona of the of like the asshole or the guy who is emotionally available and kind of like pushing away or be, treating women in a more you know cold emotionally uh, mm -hmm. manner. But I also help guys who are uh, on the other side of the spectrum, not not sensitive, but uh, feeling like very um, uh, anxious with women or in, in the presence of beautiful women or feeling very uh, blocked to express themselves, feeling very blocked to express their attraction or to go after the women they like. So both of those cases are kind of like two sides of the same coin. So both both are coming from a protection for my... Mm -hmm. um. So how how would you help somebody become more emotionally 
available and how would you help them you know remove some of the protection so uh, for this type of work always we start from identifying uh, certain forms of protection because uh, you, like the the big thing is that you people don't are not aware that their uh, attitude their behavior but also their attitude and their perception of, of things is a protection Mm -hmm. They're not aware that they're protecting something and they're definitely not aware most of the time that they're afraid of something. Mm -hmm. The fear usually is hidden under layers of other stuff, usually apathy, maybe sadness, and then we start like to see the, the scary scenario. So uh, the, the very first part of my work with people, because uh, my main work is in one-on-ones, so I, I have a mentorship, and the very first part of my mentorship is always to uh, help guys identify things with I did a certain practice of introspection so we build with every one of my students uh, a practice that he can uh, sorry, that he can use uh, to uh, become more self-aware in daily basis mm -hmm. so which includes inside uh, a special form of journaling and emotional journaling it includes inside as a form of meditation and the breath work and some other exercises we learn in the process and a lot of memory and we do a lot of memory work for that so first is, uh, is this part, and then we start accessing those uh, states, uh, not only of, uh, of fear, but also we start accessing states of, of pain, basically the thing that he's afraid of. And we get inside there and we start expo exposure there uh, progressively, mm -hmm. uh, but with mindfulness. So then we do a lot of work with mindfulness, and once somebody can do that, and we start to do that also in memories, we start to do that also in scenarios in between us, like in the present, but also in the past. Once somebody starts to do that, we start processing stuff that are suppressed. And we start finding inner conflicts. Mm -hmm. uh, because usually what happens with those uh, protections when uh, we have an incident in the past that uh, it's a little bit traumatic or it's a little bit shocking or hard for somebody to process, uh, it's not only that he creates a protective behavior or a protective attitude but in, internally it's like he splits himself we split ourselves in two uh, parts and uh, those parts are in conflict they're not compatible with each other mm -hmm. and this happens because uh, especially when we're young uh, and if we don't have the time or the the, or the ability to adapt in that situation uh, the system kind of like creates this split, kind of like it's it's almost like it uh, copies the whole personality that you have created to this point and kind of like uh, creates this split and just creates a new personality that, that takes the protective role. And those don't have to be compatible. It doesn't have to adapt. Otherwise, it would have to adapt the whole thing. And that is kind of like the back the backup plan of the system. Mm. So it's like like the plan B in case you cannot process things, you cannot adapt, it does that. Mm -hmm. But uh, that is made normally that's supposed to be reunited and reintegrated. But uh, because of the way sometimes we handle things, uh, we don't look at that. So if we don't look at that, if we don't uh, bring it in the conscious mind to update it and integrate it, Mm. It kind of like keeps growing as two separate personalities. It's almost like, you know, mm. uh, inner tree of uh, attitudes and behaviors and, mm -hmm. and defenses that accumulate and they build like you build two different personalities. And mm -hmm. of course, it's not only two, 
uh, it's more. So mm. at the end of the first of, of the first phase, my program has three phases. At the end of the first phase, after we have established this practice of constantly getting awareness, uh, after I teach like how to uh, do some integration on the stuff that we become aware of and start doing this work of resolving conflicts, doing integration and finding acceptance, I have a big dive to very early years. So it's a very long process. Usually it takes more than four, four or five hours. Uh, it's called time travel. We have a deep, deep dive, mm. experiential dive into the very early years that we have the chance to process those types of conflicts and, and at the core, in the root. And after that, we usually step into the phase two when, uh, when uh, machine is ready. And then we start working with other people as well. All the initial phase of this is just with them. It's just uh, working through them, becoming, uh, you know, um, emotionally uh, open enough. And then we start getting into that place that you talked about, becoming emotionally available to other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting that you said there's that split that, that happens because that's, that's what usually women com comment. They say that, oh, he's so hot and cold. So that means he's yeah. act, he's acting one time from one one side, and and then from the other side of the of the spectrum, right? So how would you what could you say to people to help them accept themselves more, and, and maybe even see the the split and and how to how how what they can do to integrate that? So there are many there are many different ways to do that. There are many different disciplines to do that. But uh, the two that I work uh, the most with uh, is through uh, the embodiment. So there is like a body way to do that with, uh, with energy of the body. Basically, we have certain exercises that once we access a certain state and we have, uh, we also at the same time, we work in body awareness. When I said introspection, I meant also body awareness because I said we do meditation, we do also journaling and we, we explore uh, the emotional states from two perspectives, the perspective of the, of the body, the body sensations, but also the perspective the, of the perception, because in every emotional state, we have different perception of things. When you are in uh, the one side of things, if we, if we imagine like being conflicted and having one side of things, you see the reality in one way, and the other side, you see the reality in, in, a, in a conflicted way, an opposite way. So we work and, and the one way your body feels one way, the, the other side feels different way. And just to simplify, then we work, we work a lot in becoming aware of the body over the phase of introspection. And then when we get into acceptance, uh, we have exercise that we integrate from the body sensation. And, and, and it feels like it's releasing a lot of stuff. It feels like it's, uh, it's, it's uniting, uh, in the body sensation it feels for some people it feels like there is a hole that gets kind of like uh, smaller and smaller and closed for some people it feels like it become lighter mm. uh, but uh, basically that's one way through the body through the body sensation uh, the other way that we use it's true uh, something that uh, there is uh, there is a therapy that it's called uh, there is a there is a concept that it's called memory consolidation and uh, there is a therapy that is called coherence therapy. Uh, and the way uh, I'm gonna explain it through the service, I've not used exactly that, but it's a good way to, to explain it. So they have something that is called pro-symptom position. And now the, the idea is that uh, from an adult perspective, when you have a trauma, when you have uh, a, uh, an experience in the past that created this protection, this conflict, 
you, uh, from an adult perspective, this creates issues in your life. This creates a problem. So you don't accept it. The thing you ask me, like, how do you help accept it? You don't accept it. You see it as a problem. So when you come to a culture where you try to work on it by yourself, you say to yourself, like, this is a problem. I have to get over it. I have to solve it. Uh, so first we have to step into this thing that they call pro-symptom position, which is this, when, when it got created, it wasn't a problem, it was a solution. When you created the protection, protection came to protect you. It was, it was helping. Yes. So first I have to, to help my students step into those shoes that doesn't see it as an obstacle, but yeah. can see it as something that is there to help yeah. uh, and can start to, um, you know, kind of like uh, getting those shoes. When, it, when that happens, that's the only chance we get to actually put those two separated parts together. Mm -hmm. And the one side, the, the adult side, uh, that has grown through life and has found new ways to deal with things, not only that protective mechanism, can become kind of, let's say, critical or process it and see that, oh, this mechanism is not needed anymore. Mm -hmm. And I have a better way to deal with things and replace it. Mm -hmm. and can actually update it because with a conscious mind you can update it mm. if you can say so uh, otherwise when you see there's a problem you don't really go and uh, see uh, and try to find a way to update the same thing it basically one side sees solution the other side sees problem and they don't really you know compare two solutions when you compare two solutions you pick the best one when you see problem solution you just you know, kind of, you have this incompatibility that they cannot find a way to fit. It's like trying to put the wrong puzzle piece in the wrong mm -hmm. spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's realizing that everything works for us and nothing is, nothing is, like, there's nothing in life that comes as a test or as a punishment or as something, like, you know, like, lots of people think that life you know life is a school and like we have these tests and what and we can fail and, and stuff like that but no everything is actually here to serve us and everything that happens works for us right so it's it's that mindset shift um yeah and the i yeah it's it's really interesting to hear your perspective on on your work with men because the the women that i work with they sometimes i think they don't realize that men also have problem or problems or they also have splits in personality and they also have things that they're dealing with so very often there is this judgment and there's this perception that oh a man should be strong and a man should be like this and then like that and if he's not then that means he's a bad man and he's wrong and he's so it's yeah it's good to just have that empathy i think for women to have empathy for men and have that understanding that men also go through stuff and they also have healing right so um what what could you say to women because you know i don't want to, i don't want to put it in a way that women um you know how can women see that in a more positive light and not um not feel like they have to heal the man but how can they support him in that process yeah so uh from my perspective um both uh, both genders go through uh, a similar uh, process so it manifests in different forms because we have different conditioning, we have different, uh, you know, um, we, we have some parts different of how we see the world as men and women, but the core is the same. Mm -hmm. And uh, with the, the issues for me between men and women uh, are, they start from trust. So we have, uh, we have this perception 
that uh, the other side um, comes from uh, an intention that can harm us or that, that is to harm us. Mm -hmm. And we have, uh, we have a lot of distrust for the other side. And all the problems for me between the two genders come from this. So uh, I personally have as a, a vision to kind of like bring this gap together, like kind of breathe, breathe this gap, because mm -hmm. uh, I really see there is no, there is no reason to exist uh, for, for this, because both genders in the end of the day want the same. There is a lot of misconception about one gender wanting one thing and the other gender wanting the other thing. It's not true. No. Experientially, both genders want the same. Yeah. Uh, no. Both genders want intimacy. They both want love. They both want intimacy, mm -hmm. intimate connection, the ability to, to deeply see and be seen mm -hmm. because then everything becomes better. Like the quality of the experience of uh, uh, intimacy uh, from that open place is better. Sex is better. Like mm -hmm. the, I used to work with uh, a lot of guys who were coming from a place of uh, just wanting to, to get more sexual experience because the idea and the conditioning uh, for men is that uh, this is what uh, what you need in order to have self-worth mm. so it's all it's all a hustle for self-worth and the way it gets uh, uh, taught for men is this will bring more self-worth this will bring more choices more abundance and kind of like the opposite way from the female conditioning uh, and then you have you have cases of people who have uh, issues enjoying sex even if they get, even if they get sexual experience, it's not, it's not good sex. It's just, uh, you know, getting some small validation ticket and feeling like, okay, it's just done it. No, it's good, and it doesn't hold even long. Mm -hmm. And I, and I had because of the background of my of my coaching career, I had, uh, I had been in uh, contact and in network with people who had uh, the obsessive tendency to have sex with hundreds of women, and we had been. Uh, in uh, in my old brand in that uh, categories like just going after those adventures and those like uh, one night stands all the time and the people who had like the most obsession with this were the people who had the har the hardest time to be happy uh, with the experiences that they got and the hardest time to 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 shift and start to see the other person for uh, for what they is and the hardest time to start enjoying and really going deep with and, and really having this fulfilling uh, interactions and this fulfilling like uh, sexual experiences. So for me, this is a big important thing that women have to realize that the men are not really deeply want something different. It's not about the exclusivity or not. It's about mm -hmm. we both want a quality experience in the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And the quality experience comes from when you can be fully open, fully like uh, transparent with the other person. And you feel this chemistry, and this chemistry can take you together and make you one. Uh, even if it is for a night, this can can be like I have experience in my life sometimes that uh, the the experience with someone that could be like for two three days because I was traveling, I, w I wasn't living in a stable place to have like a normal relationship kind of thing for years, and I had this like few special uh, experiences that it would be like for three, four days or like a week that I would uh, replace every other sexual experience and like all the other sexual experience I had all together just for that. And it felt like a psychedelic, kind of like losing time, uh, just 
seeing the colors more vividly, seeing myself different, seeing her different, just like all this like insane thing, uh, just with three or four days. So even the time, it doesn't really matter. Uh, and that's, I believe, like something important uh, for women to understand also, because men, the thing that happens uh, in the conditioning of men is that sometimes they feel uh, they're afraid of the commitment mm-hmm. and they have this like obsession with, oh, uh, I shouldn't get trapped into this, especially the type of men you're talking about. So they're afraid of this commitment and a lot of times they freak out with this, uh, impl- like if, you, if, they, if the woman implies commitment, if the woman implies like attachment, if all that kind of stuff. But the women on the other side have kind of like the opposite fears, the fear of, abund- of abandonment or the fear of like, you know, and both of those, they're kind of come from the same place and both of those are kind of like block uh, the person from the, from the, the amazing experience that lies what on the other side. Want, right? Yeah. So uh, I don't know if I answered the question, but I believe for women to understand men, they have to step a little bit back and they have to uh, make just a small effort on allowing them to imagine themselves in their shoes just with a different conditioning. And they're going to find themselves there. They're going to just find themselves with different type of manifestation of the fear Mm-hmm. exactly that's what I always tell women and it's so funny because you asked me if, if you answered my question like yes you've answered like I've had so many questions in my mind coming up and then you just straight away got the uh, answer the answer so <laughs> it was perfect but yeah that's that's exactly what, what I teach as well like everything all of your patterns you will meet in in somebody you will meet you only meet your reflections right so exactly where you are that's where the person is you just have to find a way to see it that way Find a way, find the commonality and find the link rather than the what separates you, right? Because that's seeing from love, seeing what unites us and how how are we the same rather than how we are different. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, and you 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 mentioned non um, what is it non non exclusivity. What would you? Yeah, I, I wanted to explore this topic with you because, yeah, I think you said that you said that we kind of agree on, on, on how we view things. Um, so, yeah, what are your views on non-exclusivity? Uh, I believe a lot in, uh, in authenticity. I believe a lot in, in uh, things uh, flowing like in an authentic way, uh, in a way that it can, like when I say authenticity, what I basically mean is basically uh, the what what feels intuitively right just just to like put it down and look at this is not just saying the truth it's not just you know being relaxed it's not just flowing with things it's what feels intuitively emotionally right mm-hmm. uh, this coming out it's like the the the, the expression of of uh, the most authentic you uh, i believe a lot, a lot in this Another thing that I came to uh, to believe, another thing that I came to understand when it comes to uh, dating, is that um, the very, at least when it comes to like this intimate, really um, deep form of dating, the the dating that is going to give you this high quality experiences, uh, even if it is for for uh, a day or for years or for your whole life with a person. Uh, I came to understand that there is uh, an element of, uh, of uh, risk and self-sacrifice that a lot of people neglect. Mm-hmm. And when I say self-sacrifice, I don't, I don't talk about compromise. I don't talk about, I don't want to do this. I don't feel called to do this. And I just do it to be with this person. When I say self-sacrifice, I'm talking about feeling 
uh, your ego dying and sacrificing it in, in uh, intentionally by yeah. choice yeah. just you know pushing from the cliff now uh this uh, what what this brings it brings you jump you have nothing to to stand on the the, the ground gets out of your feet you lose control and mm -hmm. you're in, you intentionally let go of control and you fly yeah mm -hmm. so the, the whole the, the whole idea there is <laughs> yeah like thomas so uh the the whole idea with non-exclusivity for me is not if you're gonna end up with a person for longer or for less it's just that if you do it comes from a place of you wanting to do from being inspired to do yeah. and also it comes from a place of a lot of times if your ego tells you otherwise and what you feel called to is going is uh, is, is doing it, it a lot of times it gives you the opportunity to let to let go of that ego and a lot of people stay in the box of exclusivity because not not even because they want the uh, the you know the, they want the person or they want to like um say to the world like to the person that it's uh, special for she's special or he's special for her uh, but mostly because they're afraid of losing this control yeah. and that for me is huge i believe the control has to go away i believe a real vulnerable dating intimacy and control and safety they don't go together no. i and so that's the, my perspective for non-exclusivity mm. i don't care if you're gonna stay with with one person or with ten but I don't want this to be the, the safety mechanism. I don't yeah. want any safety mechanism. That's it. Yeah, and, and both exclusivity and non-exclusivity can be used as a bondage or as a way to free yourself, right? Mm. And, and everyone has, everyone has, obviously everyone has different views. And, every, and so there are a lot of people like the non-committal guys and whatever, for them it would be more freeing if they, if they actually jumped into commitment, right? And for the... Yeah. Um, and for the people who are just so attached to having that safety from commitment, it might be good to explore other other avenues because ultimately, like relationships are about growth and about yeah. expansion and about like so that surrender of ego and and letting go of control because that's when you get really open to life and really, um, yeah, you experience life more fully and it's just like more flows through you and you're more productive, more happy. You just allow more like like that juice to flow through you right mm. yes and you you mentioned something that uh actually came two things i want to talk about but the, the first is that you mentioned something about like the guy who has a fear of commitment uh for him it would be more free to commit and i totally agree with that i actually but the way i experienced it myself over the years and the way i see it with uh with some of my students is that i had uh relationships from very young so I was doing exclusive relationships from young. Uh, I was doing uh, exclusive relationships since I was 14. And like the, my first relationship was eight months, I was 14. And even from the first relationship until uh, the last, like the last relationships I have, uh, this thing, it just, it just has gone away. Uh, when I decided to just like allow myself to step into commitment fully, but it didn't come in the form so much in uh, exclusivity or non-exclusivity. I had exclusive relationships, but what was happening in the back of my head, it was, this is an expiration date. So I always gave to myself, like my mind could find another way out of this, of this fear by giving to myself this idea that this, is a, uh, this will expire, this will end, this is temporary. 
this relationship is temporary. So I always found comfort there in this in this idea. It was quite subconscious. It was hard for me to find and to to work on. But uh, for me, really, that uh, that freedom from the fear of commitment. It didn't come from getting an exclusive relationship because this was already part of my life. And for many people, it will not come from there. But from what it came, it was from my uh, internal commitment that if this thing works, it doesn't have an expir expiration date. If this thing works, it doesn't have. If this thing works, I'm willing to stay forever. Mm. Okay. So mm. this is more of an internal thing for me. And um, I would prefer somebody to go that way because it's it's uh, more honest. You can have exclusive relationship and not be fully honest with it. And I have done that a lot. Uh, but you can have non-exclusive relationship and you can commit much more. Yeah. So to me, this external kind of like agreement of exclusivity, yeah. Yeah. it's kind of like cancer for relationships. Mm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I feel like it's really, really what it is about. It's it's that fear of jumping into that vast unknown because it's like this infinite space. Like when you were talking about that exploration, that we, that's again, that's that wanting to have control and wanting to know, and yeah. and it's like that deep commitment. It just comes from like just throwing yourself into that deep vast unknown and being okay with it, like being okay with infinity, because that's the nature of the universe. There's no, there's no borders, there's no boundaries, right? It's just like that huge infinite space. And if, if you can be comfortable with that, then you can have amazing relationships because then like your heart is free, like because the heart can be just so vast, right? Yes, exactly. You don't know what's gonna happen. When you try to, when you try to know, your mind blocks your heart, your yeah. mind blocks the whole thing. Yeah. And you just, you just see the same thing happening again and again. And when I came to this point to embrace commitment, and it didn't come only with the relationships, I actually embraced commitment in other areas of my life as well. Yeah. Uh, at around the same period, uh, including coaching, because coaching was an area mm -hmm. that I was avoiding for many years. Uh, I was trying to, yeah, I was trying to convince myself this is not the thing, it's temporary, I should just get involved in other businesses. This is not uh, the serious, mm. logically right career. Mm. Uh, but when I decided to commit to this, I started seeing vision. Yeah, yeah. It was the first time I started to see uh, things start to come and to start started to feel as pieces of the puzzle coming together yeah. for the first time like this. And the same with my relationship. It's like uh, when when I jumped into it and then I looked back, and I saw the other option, it seemed so empty. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, it, it, it wasn't about, and, and I see the same thing happening in other areas. When you look back into the non-committed, uh, this um, false sense of freedom feels empty. Yeah. It's not, it's not real freedom, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think ultimately, it doesn't really matter what, what, what your life looks like externally what your situation and structure is like it just matters how you feel inside and how how deeply do you relate with life and i think that yeah. that commitment it really yeah there's that delicious depth about it and there's like there's no other experience that can provide that like there's kind of freedom in the wide but the, there's so much freedom in the in the deep as well no yeah, but but it gives you very practical um, ab ability, power. Because uh, in a coaching uh, situation, for for example, 
being committed uh, brought me in a place to have results with people otherwise I would uh, tend to quit yeah. or yeah. tend to tend to lose faith on yeah. But uh, but today I can take uh, so much more hard cases of, of clients mm. because I know if he, if I have certain things with them, if I feel I'm called to help, if I feel the chemistry, if I feel the commitment or the willingness from their side, I can have the faith for both. Yeah. And this comes from commitment. Yeah. Uh, even if he loses completely, like if he has like full self doubt, I don't. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. I don't uh, fall from that. Because I'm like, I don't care. I'm gonna stay here until my my body melts. I don't care. Yeah, so it's the same for me in my business. Like the more I commit, because yeah, I've I've noticed that in my life I've always been like one foot here, one foot there. It's always like just waiting, waiting for something to not work out so that I can so that I can leave. And I feel yeah. like a lot of people yeah. live life in this way, and especially going through relationships in that way. And it's like, okay, I'm I'm with him, and it's okay, it's good enough, but it's not you're not fully there and like for me it's like now the way that I live life even if, like even if it's temporary even if I if I meet the person just for a couple of days I I go fully deeply in because I just I just don't like to live life on the surface and just like this half half-assed things <laughs> yeah it feels empty it feels kind of like repeat, repetitive empty uh mm-hmm. kind of like just less colorful yeah and uh, Another very interesting thing that you're writing about lately uh, that I wanted to discuss is this uh, idea uh, of uh, healing in those uh, interactions and um, uh, dating um, situations that uh, you feel people feel like they're unhealthy or they're triggering a lot of uncomfortable stuff. So uh, I go back in... um, one it, it it throws me back in one time that I was traveling and uh, I was in a underground sex club in uh, in Berlin, uh, which was amazing. Like this this environment and this like kind of community is very very interesting. Way different than most people would expect. Mm. It's not like uh, a sex place for money or anything like that. It's basically people who gather up. They have more sex sexually free kind of perspectives and it's actually the right word is sex positive it's basically people who are open with other people's kinks and fetishes and also with public yeah, sex and all that's that just like ultimate self-acceptance and acceptance of other I, I love that community yeah i found that there i could find a lot of people who were way way more um, um conscious and kind of like mature in uh, in their sexual you know um kind of like uh sexual sexual identity than most people uh in areas that even even people who teach about sex or they are they are interested in so uh i met a lot of interesting people there and i remember i had this uh conversation with one uh stripper who was telling me you know we, we started discussing she was telling me like oh we actually do a pretty similar job because i have people coming to me and they cry because i was talking about coaching and it's like oh i have people who open up to me in the strip club and they cry sometimes and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and uh we and as we we're talking uh at the time i was feeling this very intense feelings for for a girl uh that i was dating with and i started to talk about the subject of uh, falling in love as, as a as a thing like a discussion falling over what it puts you think about or how, how she experiences it and uh, for some reason we had really deep conversation with her it was it was a party but 
we were sitting in the corner, we were drinking beers, and we were having those deep conversations. It was super uh, intelligent for uh, like uh, the the place and the time. And she and she tells me this thing that stuck in my head is like I feel uncomfortable. Falling in love makes me feel uncomfortable, so I avoid it. Mm. And um, it hits me that this is this is a very uh, universal phenomenon. This is a very very common phenomenon that uh, and I find especially in the in the female population that when we feel intense emotions, overwhelming emotions, we run away from it. And um, for me, it's very very important method to understand what's the potential of those emotions because the 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 feeling is fear. The mind pres- uh, resonates with the fear and gives you. Uh, reasons to run away and the reason usually is that this is going to hurt you this is going to harm you this is going to be something traumatic but it doesn't have to because everything that brings up something uh, traumatic from uh, as an experience uh, it also gives opportunities for healing yeah and this is something really interesting that i found in your post lately that you mentioned this, and this is super, super crucial for me, for people to understand, because it's not out there enough. Mm. With all the, the, the comfort culture and mm. all the culture of like, you know, uh, uh, kind of like false health. Yeah, uh, boundaries and, and cut people off who trigger you. And it's like, if you, if you cut people off that trigger you, then, then you're, you're not really dealing with the trigger. You're just avoiding the trigger. Yeah. Exactly. And for you to and heal, it, you have to face it. And it's going to repeat again and again and again. If you don't face it, it's going to repeat. It's going to keep repeating. Yeah. It's going to repeat or you're going to keep avoiding it, avoiding it, avoiding it until life stops to bring you opportunities. And then you're stuck in that like empty space wondering what happened? Like what happened with my life? Why do I feel so stuck? Why do I feel so empty? Why do I feel so like dead inside? And that's because you've been avoiding all the opportunities. And like, when you keep saying no, 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 then life will just finally get the message and just stop, stop bringing you people to learn. And like, that's all relationships are for, growing and learning. Yeah, yeah actually there is a very interesting shape uh, of this uh, found at some point in a book uh, called Deeper Dating. Um, it's, a, it's a very interesting book because it works with, uh, it, it mentions a lot the intimacy and vulnerability. So the, um, I said it has like uh, uh, in the center yourself or your vulnerability. And it has, I will show it to you right now. It has uh, the layers of protection, basically this tendency to say no, no, no to life. Uh, that we that we talked about before. Mm. Wait a minute. Mm. And on the outside, it has uh, the uh, a layer of isolation. So it basically uh, the it basically illuminates this thing. It's like uh, you uh, as you move further and further from yourself or your vulnerable side or your vulnerability, you move closer and closer to uh, you, you get deeper and deeper in protection and you move closer and closer to isolation. And by isolation, emotionally, we mean apathy. So yeah. the thing that you said, basically, that is like, yeah. if you just protect, 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 all the time, you just let go in the protection, you just try to avoid as much as you can getting hurt or, or getting like threatened. Mm. Uh, 
you know, it's like uh, you just end up in isolation. And this happens also socially and uh, in your in your dating life, especially like you see people who are old without uh, partners and they just like deep down, they feel bad about not having a partner in that old age. Yeah. Uh, and they feel like I'm lucky for that. It's not it's not a matter of luck. Uh, the, everybody has an opportunity. To, to date everybody has important yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the amazing thing with dating exactly and you all like that's that's what i don't get because you always attract attract your reflections you always attract people that somehow reflect you in some in one way or another so yeah this is the this is the same i don't know if you can see it. it's like you know you move closer and closer to just like getting out of this and you try to find a balance between living life and feeling life actually it's the opposite way but here it says self so people try to find a balance between those two without going too far, but eventually you go too far. You cannot really uh, have a balance between those things. Yeah. And yeah, my thing lately is, is like experiment, experimenting with living life with no boundaries. So, so like just living in that real pure vulnerable state, because that's how, that's how babies are. That's how babies come into the world. They don't like, protect from from anyone they just they're just fully open so i'm just experimenting how how life feels when i when i just remove all that protection and i find that when i do that only the people who resonate with me come into my life or only the people and and if if somebody else comes into my life somebody who you know is not maybe resonant then that's an opportunity for me to see where like what what does that reflect in me and do i want to interact with that and how how am i like that or why do i believe people are like that so it's it's always an opportunity to grow and like the thing that really frustrates me about a lot of the dating advice you know this like cancel culture and just oh just cut him off he's no good mm. but that's yeah that's that's not a viable solution long term maybe short term it will give you some comfort but long term it will just separate you from life yeah definitely not for me uh, and this is one of the deepest topics that i touch um dating is uh, um, a journey to uh enlightenment or a spiritual journey mm. that is accessible to everyone but when i say dating i don't um you know limit it into uh dates yeah. I, I take it from the moment of attraction mm. to even having kids. This is all the process yeah. of yeah. dating. This, mm -hmm. this is dating. It's like that's how it goes. And all this journey, if approached with uh, mindfulness, there is no way it doesn't uh, bring you closer to God yeah. uh, or or your concept of God. Yeah. Uh, your your concept of being connected to life if you want to if people don't resonate with the word god but mm. it's like uh go like it's it's always if you if you approach it consciously and mindfully it's never something that comes as like okay it's okay it's like not emotionally uh approaching with emotional apathy and this is fine this is comfortable this is not real dating the real dating starts from the moment you see someone and you feel like even your body is kind of like lighten up and you, you feel like you, you mm -hmm. want to go closer and you feel like you want to touch and you want to just learn and you want to just be the, mm -hmm. inside that person uh, to the moment you are actually connected and you become literally physically, you feel like you are 
uh, one. You're not mm -hmm. two separate. Uh, you're one. Mm -hmm. So it's like you can't like in every phase because when you are one with somebody, uh, the person's pain is your pain. It's not like you are doing that in a light head and you're like, okay, uh, this is easy to to take that decision to go so close with someone. Otherwise, people wouldn't avoid it so much. Nice. So, to to go there to do that when you when you have a kid with someone you have something that if it, like if something happens to this person to, to your kid uh, your life gets ruined mm -hmm. you consciously doing that decision taking that decision it's a huge thing it's a huge like step and uh, action of being vulnerable you're yeah. extremely vulnerable yeah. and uh, if if this approach is approached with mindfulness sooner or later in order to take those decisions and take those steps, you're gonna need to connect with something higher than you because you will not have control over it. And it's gonna be only illusion if you show yourself that you do have control over it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's so funny because somebody just, I think even today somebody asked me, what, like, because I said I'm a love coach and they said, oh, what, are you dating coach or like spiritual love or what? And I was like, both is the same like how can you how do you separate that and i feel like many people separate oh this is just my romantic life this is just my dating and this is my spiritual life like you're you're one whole being like there's no separation but i guess yeah it's like when we what we said in the beginning like there you grow into those like different fragmented parts of yourself right like when when there is that separation and like seeing seeing yourself in different compartments then life can also be separated right but ultimately it's it's all one so it's like whatever you do you infuse that with yourself and you use that to to learn more about yourself to integrate more and to like become more whole and complete right mm. yeah that's uh that that's a, i think it's a lot of a byproduct of um the mentality this uh, fragmented way of seeing things like they're different but um, I think it's a lot of helpful for um, uh, more people to start uh, explore the subject of uh, um, intuition or the more more internal calling or mm. a higher form of intelligence. Yeah, doesn't matter if uh, we want to call it because even our emotional intelligence. It's a higher form of intelligence than uh, our logic beliefs and the rules under which we, we try to operate. And there is a lot of uh, distrust for this form of intelligence. Mm. But um, there is a lot of like, uh, oh, um, it's, uh, it's, uh, I cannot explain, I cannot understand it, so I, I do not trust it. Mm. So in the end of the day it brings up this uh, result that you're that you're saying of like trying to fragment because you try to control yeah. and you try to uh, you try to fragment because you try to put in, in boxes and categories mm. and, and and dissect and have different rules there different rules or different rules there mm. but we don't see that in the big scheme of things uh, this is uh, this can go on forever and it doesn't really bring up anything we, we only reduce our ability to process and handle life yeah. uh, rather than yeah. really shortcuts that we try yeah. to do yeah yeah and and ultimately yeah people yeah connection comes from embracing and inclusion including 
other people as you and including life more more of experiences as you as in your experience right not rejecting and saying this is bad this is wrong i don't like this this is wrong and this is bad and that's in that way yeah that in that creates separation right yeah, yeah. yeah I, I talk a lot about this also in in my programs and in my coaching like the connection to god or the universe or whatever you want to call it is, is so important is so because it, that's that's like a healing bound that just comes over and just puts all of the pieces together and it's just like a big warm cuddle <laughs> yeah and uh, sometimes you have connection with this uh in uh extreme uh in moments of um confidence and extreme clarity but you also have connection with this in moments of extreme pain yes and this is very interesting because yeah. in moments of like i have uh, experienced this sense of like things are speaking to me the, the the some of the most intense times that i experience this connection to something bigger than me uh and being called to kind of let go of control let go of my of my logic and all that mm. uh, had been moments of uh, a lot of 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 pain getting hurt so yeah. emotionally yeah. yeah so for me it's important just like we we just not so much to support those ideas and try to like adopt those adopt those ideas mindlessly but mostly to be open uh, that uh, your there is some stuff that uh, we cannot explain but still we can be open to trust them give them a chance because mm -hmm. that's the thing with intuition the more we trust it or however you want to call it the more we trust it the more accurate it becomes yeah people often are afraid especially in the in the subjects of productivity or doing something in their life or doing something in their day are afraid if they don't push themselves yeah and they control, don't approach control, it control. <laughs> control control yeah they're gonna end up like doing nothing but yeah. that's not the case mm -hmm. so yeah for me it's really important subject for to to expand and to have uh, you know some way to at least like you know calm down and and allow ourselves to listen what it has to say mm -hmm. because ultimately in the dating that's for me the, the most important compass and um, one one last thing about it is that when it comes to uh, attraction i believe there is a misconception there as well for me attraction is not a set of characteristics and this is a very 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 misconceived subject uh, and for women it's a little bit easier because mm -hmm. uh, the attraction comes more as a feeling and in the end of the day more women get in touch with this place that oh i like this set of characteristics but when i feel in lower when i feel but really into someone they go all to trust i don't care how, how it looks uh, for men it's harder it's mm -hmm. harder to find in the partner in the on the other side and it's harder to uh, overcome for themselves as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, today in the masculine community or in the community of, uh, of men interested in dating, and all those uh, uh, kind of like male communities, yeah. there is a lot of issue for guys to understand that it's not about the characteristics, neither the looks nor the, the behaviors no. Nor, the, nor the way they speak and the way they, they work it's not about that yeah ultimately uh, it's because like if you if you believe that relationships are for growth which they are then obviously life will bring you the people that will grow you the most and that's that's the right person doesn't matter what they look like doesn't matter what they behave like they will grow you 
they will grow you, but you get attracted, yes, to the people that are there. They have something for you. Yeah. They have something to show you. And attraction is not one way street. The, the, the mainstream literature teaches that attraction is something that I can be attracted to you, but you might not be attracted to me. This is false attraction. Yeah. This is this is ego. This yeah. is uh, this is yeah. me creating an identity of oh she's so hot, she's so amazing, and so all that kind of stuff putting in a pedestal. This is not the real attraction. Yeah. And this is for me it's a big one of my big goals to to teach that what real attraction is because real attraction is not one way real attraction is yes. two ways mm -hmm. that's that's what that's what always i teach that to women it's like what you want wants you and who you want wants you so there's just no no way that the man you're so passionately attracted to that he doesn't want you like he wants you it's just there's so, there's all these all these blocks in the way that you have to like it's like a, it's like a jungle you have to walk through the jungle both of you two, yeah. in the middle yeah and the, the interesting thing is in order to walk in every step that you walk in the jungle and in every point that you you know it, it's an opportunity for growth every step of course uh it's like a little bit of like oh this it creates this like psychedelic illusion of, of paranoia of like I'm putting myself out there. I'm exposed. I'm gonna get hurt. All that kind and of I stuff. And I know you're doing the or, same, and I would, I would doing this. Yeah. Yeah, getting, getting offended and all that kind of stuff. Uh, in every step, it also requires this element of like, kind of like in, intentionally self-sacrifice and also faith. So that's there that I find that there is a lot of spirituality hinder underlying uh, when it comes to that. It's like I don't really uh, get in depth. Uh, only with certain people who are at, at the level to kind of like engage with that way of approaching life but generally there is uh, um, you know it's, it's very very uh, big um, what's it called subject for me mm. Yeah, and I think I think we like we could go on forever talking about this because it's so. We could go on forever, <laughs> but maybe we will end it here because I think it's been an hour over over an hour or something like this. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it would be too boring for people. But yeah, it's been really amazing, and I hope that I hope that people get value out of this. Uh, can you let people know how they can find you? So uh, they can I they can follow my page and they can like my page uh, with is uh, Project Lazarus. They can send me a message uh, in, my, in uh, Facebook and uh, they can also join my, my group, The Real Masculine. And uh, you can, uh, it's a private group we use. Awesome uh, we have, uh, recommended. Yeah, you know it also, it was, uh, yeah, it was Ruse group. And uh, yeah, basically we, we, I will be having a lot of stuff coming up there so far because I was very busy with uh, creating a course and uh, working with my students this uh, last month. I haven't really uh, built what I want to build, but a lot of stuff are coming to mm. uh, be built in this group. So, yeah, feel free to join. Uh, send me a message. Feel free to send me a message anytime. I'm, I'm going to answer. Uh, I sometimes, uh, when I have time, I'm, I'm also open for uh, free calls uh, for people. If you need anything that that, uh, that I might be of help, or if you need to ask stuff about my programs, uh, just. Feel free to ask me, feel free to tell me, we can have a free call. Uh, another thing that are coming is that uh, I'm going to be giving uh, uh, source scholarships for people for uh, time travel and basically uh, shadow work with me 
uh, for every uh, three or four students, I'm going to be giving one uh, one of those. So, so you know, even if uh, for those who don't have the money to buy cold sync, uh, and uh, they, it's a, it's a good fit, they can get help by me. They they want help and something and stuff like that. So uh, you also feel free to contact me, and we'll we'll work it out. So. Uh, yeah, that's for me. Thank you very oh, much. Amazing. Yeah, definitely jump on this opportunity because yeah, I, Lazarus is just real and I, I highly recommend you really. So yeah, thank you for, for being here. Thank you for letting me uh, interview you and talk to you and, and share with, with people who you are. Um, yeah, that's it for this, for this episode and I'll see everybody next time. Thank you, Roxana. Bye. <laughs>